0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory.
0: With tax season upon us, what tax planning strategies do you need to consider implementing before you file your 2023 tax return? As part of that, we're also sharing some big changes with the Indiana 529 plan that may impact your planning. All that and more coming up on this hour of Wise Money.
1: I'm genuinely shocked by, these, by the 529 announcement. It caught us off guard. Kevin, you... Even we were in a meeting, and you sent it to me because you said, "Mike, you're. Will you explain this to our team? Because if I say it, they won't believe me. It's that. It's that shocking. So you may have heard it by now. We're we're tackling it today, as well as other tax planning strategies. If you have any questions for the program, or have any questions about your own situation, we're here to help. Call 574 Texas five seven four two 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 2000 that's 574 2000 online wise money show.com. you can find us there and reach out to us there as well and then all over social media wherever you're at we are there as well search the wise money show all right tax season is underway we're all thinking about the super bowl probably and all that but you're you know, you're probably thinking about taxes our team certainly is <laughs> we do tax season for you know what call it three months out of the year and we plan for it nine months out of the year so Other than that, it's really good. (laughs)
2: Always on our mind. What a bunch of nerds.
1: I know. But we're helping you with it today because there is a difference between tax preparation and tax planning. Guys, what is that difference? It's huge. And one one is better than the other. So, but (laughs) difference between tax preparation and tax planning.
0: Depends on the results, though, I suppose. Well, usually there's an answer for one. Because when you ask someone who helps you with your tax planning, the answer is no one. And if you say, well, who helps you with your tax preparation? Most people, um, if they have a very simple return, they're gonna self-prepare or um, they get help and get it professionally prepared. So um, most, almost everyone has an answer to who helps you with your tax preparation. Most folks don't have an answer to who helps me with my tax planning and looking at my financial life to figure out where are the opportunities that I'm missing?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone right now has taxes on their mind, or you will very soon, because we're coming into deadlines. And and that's the issue with tax preparation. It puts you just kind of in compliance mode. It gets you focused on deadlines and hoping that you've got an accurate reporting to the government, that sort of thing. But it's all very reactive, right? It's, it's looking back to last year and saying, okay, how do I represent my financial transactions appropriately on this return so I can squeeze down the amount of taxes that I have to pay and then move on with my life. But if you move on too quickly and you don't go to the proactive side mm-hmm. where you're looking forward and it's not focused on deadlines and compliance and things like that, it's focused on your future goals and and what are those outcomes that you're trying to achieve, that's planning. And planning is something that especially for your taxes, it's something that you have to weave throughout all of the financial decisions that you're making. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily thinking about tax preparation year round, right? It's just a task that I gotta get done sometime in the spring and you hope it's not too painful, not too expensive, that, that kind of thing. But planning, man, if you have influence and you understand how your decisions today could impact not just the taxes that you pay for last year or the year we're in now, or all the future years, man. You you, you may be leaving um, some opportunities on the table. You may be paying more than your fair share over your lifetime, and uh, it's something that obviously we want to persuade you to go proactive, be a planner. Yeah, the
0: thing about tax planning is, and I, I'm not sure what's happening with my voice right now. Think so you sound great. Do you think Lindsay can put a certain filter on here to it's make me sound best you've ever better? Sound. <laughs> it, it does okay. sound pretty good. I yeah. admit. All right. Well, um, I don't know. I I. I haven't smoked to get the smoker's voice so I'm not sure what's happening here but anyways the thing about tax planning is the the seemingly unrelated issues and if I make a decision over here it impacts something over there and so in these are the seemingly unrelated areas of my financial life and I don't realize if I move this lever it's going to change some things in a a different and maybe even a distant part of my financial life and in a way that I'm not seeing or not even realizing. So the point is being aware of that and doing that
1: intentionally. Mm -hmm. We have a saying around here. I thought that's what Kevin Raspy voice Corhorn was going to say (laughs) is the goal is for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. In fact, multiple lifetimes. Planning gives you an opportunity to do that. Uh, tax preparation just keeps you in compliance it's completely reactionary all right enough banter here we go tax plan so anytime you're doing tax planning and you know around this time of year you need to ask yourself and answer three different questions share this a ton of times before and the first one is before you file your tax return but it's kind of it's created it's built and, and you just haven't signed it yet do i understand why i'm getting the result i'm getting does this, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Do I, all the numbers, uh, just run through, does this, does this work? Okay, mm-hmm. That's the work that you're going to do with your CFP and, and CPA to just double check, hey, here's all the numbers, here's where they come from, blah, blah, blah. The second question then is, is there anything that I should be doing right now before I file this thing to improve last year's taxes? We're going to camp on that for just a second. And then the final question is, all right, it's the beginning of the year. Is there anything I need to be doing right now to improve my tax picture for this upcoming year? And we're gonna answer that at the end of the show. So tax planning, things that you can do right now to improve last year's return, that's never included the Indiana 529 plan. Yeah. And thanks to a surprise announcement at near the end of the year in 2023, that is now true. So guys, give us that big update.
2: How many times did you double, triple, quadruple check this thing? I
1: still don't believe it. Yeah. It, I still feel like I'm going to wake <laughs> up and, and there's going to be a whole bunch of people with notices and, and yeah, we just got of gotcha. apologize. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Now, the, the reason why we've never talked about 529 plans as the after-the-fact type of planning tool like we often do with IRA contributions and, and other things like that, is you always had to get your contributions done by the end of the calendar year that it's it's for. So December 31st was always the the deadline. And often they would say, well, you even have to get it in a little earlier because of processing times and, and stuff like that. In order to get the tax benefit for that particular year. For Correct. the Indiana... Because so-
0: all of this is confusing because when we talk about the limits of how much can I put in and people like, well, how much can I put in? We're talking about what you would put in to get the the maximize your tax benefit.
2: Yeah. And in Indiana it's a special deal that we we highlight all the time on this show. It used to be a twenty percent credit on the first five thousand dollars that you contribute as a an Indiana taxpayer. That went up to seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, so that's been enhanced. It's, it's 1500 bucks worth of tax credit that's on the table if you're an Indiana resident, as long as you have at least that amount of tax to erase with this, this contribution. But now they even give you extra time. And yet you have until April to make a, a contribution to the 529 plan for last year it still feels weird coming it, out of my mouth like i know
1: that. because we even shared this at the in some shows at the end of uh, 2023 where we said hey you, you've got to make this change and then little did we know because this was a surprise announcement no one i mean it, it wasn't even on the website by the time they communicated it and we kevin got an email and there was a link and and I'm, i've got the bulletin right here so josh like you said how many times do you check it well thanks for prompting me because i i wanted to check it again For tax years, 2023 and later, the tax credit also is available to individuals who make a contribution to an Indiana College Choice 529 Education Savings Plan during the current year on or before the date of the individual's tax return, in parentheses, i.e. April 15, adjusting for weekends and holidays. So, yeah, if you made a mistake, thought you made a contribution to your 529 plan, but you didn't. If you were hoping to, but cash flow didn't align, if you never planned on it and are now hearing us right now and saying maybe I should, you can make a contribution to your Indiana 529 plan right now before April 15. Apply it to, to last year, 2023, and receive that state tax credit. Now, there's a couple other details we're going to get into in, in just a few moments here, but um, but that that could be a game changer. Deductions are good, credits are great, and this gives you potentially a tax credit. A couple details. This is a credit against Indiana state taxes. So if you're on the border and you don't and you only pay uh, Indiana you know, local tax or county tax, this doesn't help you there actually. If you are retired in a situation where you don't have a lot of state tax, it's not a refundable tax credit. So So be aware of that. It's got to be Indiana's plan. And it's only Indiana state tax. A few other details, plus there's more that Indiana announced. We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: 529 plan in Indiana made some big changes. It impacts your tax planning. It's also going to impact a big tax rule that takes effect this year. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Cohorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Helping you with your tax planning right now, getting proactive about what tax planning opportunities exist for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime, if not multiple lifetimes. Indiana. So this is specific to Indiana. I know a lot of non-Hoosiers are listening right now, but uh, Indiana just made some big changes to their 529 plan that impacts your tax planning. So we're, we're starting there, and then we'll get to others. The 529 plan, if you look, at, there's, there's six areas to your financial life. And as Kevin said earlier, oftentimes people are making decisions in one area, have no idea it's influencing another area. I mean, this is why, this is why we do comprehensive financial planning, looking at all six areas, and why the Wise Money Show exists. Most people don't think about this. It, you're, the seemingly disconnected parts of your financial life are connected. Five twenty-nine. It impacts your present financial position. You need cash. or cash flow. If you want tax savings, you gotta, you you know, you gotta come up with some resources, right? Um, protection planning could help there as well. Tax shelter to keep your income down, whatnot. That one's a bit of a stretch. Certainly tax planning. We're hitting right, right there. That's the that's the third area. Fourth area, investment planning. So once you contribute to the 529 plan. You have a few investment choices similar to a 401k. So, what do you do there? Fifth area retirement planning or long term planning. So, college planning is part of that. Obviously, this impacts college planning, could impact retirement planning based on the new transfer to Roth IRA dollars. And then it absolutely impacts your estate planning too, because 529 plans are uniquely positioned outside of your estate, and yet you have influence over these dollars. And so, that's where it just comes right back to what Kevin said. You've got to be looking at all six areas of your financial life.
2: So absolutely. And as financial advisors, we're always looking at tools like that, tools that can achieve multiple goals. They can impact so many different areas of your financial life. And does a 529 plan make sense for you as a last minute tax planning opportunity for 2023? Well, it could, especially if it's already in alignment with one of your overall financial goals. Right. These tools, they make sense to be using them if it is achieving the future, the goals, the the ideal outcomes that you are focused on in your financial life.
1: So here's the thing. Now we shared that you can make this is for Indiana. Other states, if you live in another state, there's a 529 plan for your state. Do you have a tax benefit for contributing to it? Many states, yes, not all of them. And I don't know many other states that'll give you up until April 15. So you've got to check your state's rules. Indiana just bumped theirs to April 15. But now here is the deal. And, guys, we were around when, when the HSAs messed this up and banks messed this up. Now when you're making a contribution to your 529 plan in that first quarter of the year, you need to make sure you communicate this is for last year or this is for this year. Mm-hmm. Right. It will be disastrous if you don't communicate that and mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying that emphatically because again we've talked about this before but banks used to mess this up all the time with HSAs. Yeah. You go in in January, you make your contribution, they don't code it for the previous year. You try to then get the deduction on that previous year, it's a mess.
0: So what's the the beauty of making my contribution in the spring of 2024 for 2023? The difference, and again, we're talking about Indiana, wherever state you're in, wherever you pay state income taxes, I would understand the 529 plan benefits Mm -hmm. that you're eligible for. Some states have a credit, like Indiana. Some states have a deduction, like uh, the state of Michigan does. So it just depends on what state you're paying taxes in. I would fully understand that. What I really like about being able to contribute up until April 15th is I can be very precise because the, the, where here's the here's the pro tip right here if i'm a college student and i have a little bit of income and i'm probably paying no federal taxes but i've made enough to pay some state taxes i can offset my state taxes now i said state taxes not state and local taxes. So in Indiana, you've got your state tax rate, and then on top of that, depending on the county that you work or live, it's you're likely going to be paying an additional um, mm-hmm. tax on top of that. You can't offset your county tax. You can only offset your state tax. Well now, you can go in, if you're early enough, you can go in, sit down with your tax planner, and say this is exactly what my state tax liability is going to be, let me fund the 529 plan enough to completely offset that and wipe it out.
1: It's not just for college students, that's also for grandparents. I I see this a lot for folks that are in retirement. Your Social Security doesn't land on your state tax return, depending on how much you took out of IRAs or dividend income, there have been times where people say, oh, I wanna contribute the full amount to get the, the full credit, and then we do that, and then we look and say, you got most of the credit, but you didn't get all of it because you didn't have enough state tax.
2: That's exactly right, and this now becomes A new example of of why it makes sense to get a draft of your tax return done and then take that pause that Mike was describing in our last segment where you need to pause long enough to say, hey, is there anything proactive that I could be doing before I finalize this return? And it may be a 529 plan contribution to have the impact on your your state income tax return.
1: All right. There's another layer to the 529 uh, Indiana 529 changes that were announced. You know that part of the SECURE Act 2.0 that was passed at the end of 22 and took effect, many of the rules took effect, one, one of 23, but I wouldn't say many of them, some of them. Most of the rules actually were set to come online at a future date. In 2024, this year, What's now eligible is the biggest law change within that Secure Act 2.0, and that is you can now transfer dollars from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA for that student. Now, lots of details, lots of issues. So um, you'll have to have that 529 plan for at least 15 years. Uh, Any money that you contributed in the past five years cannot be transferred. The dollars that transfer from the IRA to the Roth Basically, from the 529, plan 529 plan to the Roth. Yep. Thank you. Uh, basically, count as your contribution that year, so you can't you can't double dip, and, and that's that annual limit. And then there's a lifetime limit of 35,000. I think I hit all of those mm-hmm. with Indiana. You make this contribution. We've been talking about this tax credit. Okay. So this question, when I if I do this strategy and I move some money from my Indiana 529 plan to this Roth, now that I'm allowed to do that is that considered a qualified or eligible distribution Mm -hmm. or is it not? And I actually have to pay this credit back.
2: Yeah. And that's a fundamental question with these 529 plans. When you pull money out of a 529 plan, if you're using it for qualified purposes, which generally is education related purposes, right? Um, There are some exceptions as we're talking about right now, where you could contribute it to a Roth IRA, there was even an exception created not long ago that allowed you to pay down some student loan debt with, with some of these dollars. And those would have, we assumed, be considered qualified distributions, which means you're not getting hit with any taxes or penalties on the growth that accumulated. But with some of these states, all, all those rules, the 529 plans and everything, those are governed by federal laws, but they also have to be coordinated with state laws. And now that the federal laws are known and they've been rolled out and everything, states are kind of playing catch up, and they're writing their own new rules to um, kind of coordinate or maybe not coordinate in this case. Yeah, this is the kind of the surprise or the disappointing news that Indiana will not view a distribution that goes from a five twenty nine plan to then be contributed into the Roth IRA. It's not going to be qualified which means that they can now claw back some of those tax goodies that they gave on the front end um, for you making the, the contributions. It's, it's something that kind of kills one of the opportunities potentially for a, a lot of Hoosiers.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm going to be the yin to your yang there because I, I I like putting the money in and getting the credit and i would say well don't get too attached to the credit if you know at some point in time that money's going to go someplace else the tax deferral to most folks especially the folks that are that have the the resources to fund these programs the ta- tax deferral is powerful enough to overcome most other things and if you gave me $1000 today and at some point in time in the future i made a decision which forced me to have to give that $1000 back to you i had 1000 bucks for five years or 10 years or 15 or 20, whatever. whoever.
1: It, uh, yeah, In it, but it is <clears> worth um, ensuring that you know that y- you likely will have to pay it back if, if this is your strategy.
2: So That would be the bummer is you didn't know that you were going to have to pay it back until you'd already taken the action. Yep, all right. right.
1: All right, uh, we've got more tax planning strategies coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: What are the tax planning strategies you need to consider right now and implement on your 2023 tax return before you file it? We're helping with that more. Right now, this is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, just search The Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there or follow us there. Rate the program there as well. We appreciate it. All right. This is not a show just about the 529 plan. We've done that before and will again in the future because of how unique it is. And how Josh, as you mentioned, it brings synergy to your financial life and, and provides a lot of benefits in more than just one area. So we'll be talking about it more and make sure that you're working with your CFP on that. But it's it was mentioned today in under the kind of heading of well, what tax planning strategies can you implement right now before you file your return? That are actually for tax year 2023. The second one is the HSA, and and by the way, we've got a full show coming up about some unique HSA funding rules. We're gonna hit that next week. But HSA is one you need to consider.
2: This is one of my favorites, actually. I, you know, it's this time of year that I usually am getting my taxes around, getting a rough draft created, and then um, making sure that I've funded everything that I need to fund for the prior year. And health savings account is is one of those vehicles, but Um, We we love the HSA, and we've done entire shows about the HSA, just like the the 529 plan. But um, keep in mind that it's not too late to contribute to your HSA for last year. You have up until your tax filing deadline, April 15th this year, to contribute either as an individual or as making a, a family contribution. Those limits, by the way... For last year, you can still do uh, $3,850 if you're an individual covered by a, an HSA-eligible plan. If you're a family, basically they, they double the numbers. It's 7750 bucks that you can contribute. And remember, if you're over age 55, you have an extra 1000 bucks that you're allowed to contribute as well. Come on.
1: Uh, the 2024 limits those increased a little bit, so 4150 for this year, and 3800. I mean, think about that, guys. If you're 8300, 8300. Sorry, if you're age 55 or older, that's why my brain went there. You can now get 10 grand, you can get over 10 grand into your HSA, and, and married to someone who's
0: 55 or older. Correct. Yeah.
1: yeah. So here's why this is something to consider. We see, we do, you know, thousands of returns each year, and um, there's two ways to make a contribution into your HSA. Uh, there's the good way and, or there's a great way, and then there's a good way because they're 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 both good. Okay, but um, directly out of your paycheck. Now, if you are an owner in an S corp or or self-employed, then you can't necessarily do that. But for the rest of us, then you can directly out of your paycheck. And it's, the reason- you can't
0: necessarily do it because it's not allowed. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, you make it seem like it's optional or it's a little bit of a challenge with no, the payroll folks nice. or something like that. I was trying to, I
1: was trying to get oh, good ratings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Uh,
2: so, your fan score went up, Mike.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but if you if you're eligible, then you can contribute right out of your paycheck, and that that saves you federal and state taxes, but it also saves you FICA tax, and that's an extra 7.65% savings that you know most people. Um, appreciate now. That means those dollars that you contributed to your HSA, they don't factor in to your social security calculation. But most people,
0: that's a that's a trade off you're willing to make. Well, and and do the math there, Mike. I, we're not supposed to do it on the radio, but if I could get, just use the round number of ten thousand into my HSA at seven point six five, I just save seven hundred and sixty five additional dollars of taxes. So mm-hmm. it, me writing a check to my, the bank or credit union or Fidelity, wherever I have my HSA, I don't save that that additional $765. That's, that's the
1: second way you can get dollars into an HSA. If you either didn't set it up through payroll, you didn't do enough through payroll, or you're not able to, then you can just contribute directly out of your pocket. And you'd say, well, wait a second, the money that I have in my pocket's already been taxed. So how do I get a benefit? Well, it becomes a deduction on the, it's called an above the line deduction on your federal tax return. So it saves you federal and state taxes, but not FICA.
2: That's right. And that's why we talk about this early in the year, because if you're already in contribution mode, you're pulling money out of your paycheck every single pay period and it's going into your HSA, but you set that up a year ago or two years ago, then you may be on pace to come up short for the maximum contribution. And so it's good to just pause and say, hey, uh, am I contributing the right amount or do I need to play a little bit of catch up by doing the second, the, the good option for contributing to the, the HSA by just writing a check or, or doing a transfer into, into the account. One other thing that I, I want to just point out here that's a potential trap that, that could cause you to accidentally over contribute to the HSA. And that's if you're not also coordinating with any contributions that your employer is throwing in. Yep. You know, some employers they they help their employees to cover the cost of of health care and and everything by throwing some of their uh, some some extra dollars, almost like bonusing money into the HSA for them. Well, that eats into your contribution limit if your employer is doing it. Wonderful blessing. It's just you can't also do the max contribution. It's the combined amount that uh, we're counting.
1: This is tricky because for your 401k, your companies may, might be making a match. That doesn't count towards your contribution. Yeah, Your contribution is the full IRS limit, and the match is above that. Well, at the HSA, it's, it's different, any dollars your employer puts in so be aware and 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 yeah one of our favorite strategies is reviewing someone's tax return or a draft as as josh said showing hey you're actually getting a thousand dollar refund there is an extra five hundred dollars that you could put in your hsa to max it out we know this refund's now coming if we include the extra five hundred dollars that you if you pledge to do that by april 15 we'll put that on your tax return that will increase your refund and then when you get your refund, just put500 dollars into the HSA, make sure it's coded for last year. So it's a way to get an additional deduction with dollars that were're going to land in your pocket, sort of found money anyway, and allows obviously the, that triple tax benefit that the HSA does, the pre-tax on the way in, tax sheltered while it's there, and then tax- free on the way out. So and then I, I guess the last reason why this is another great planning strategy is is if if you and your spouse you're both on a family you know a uh, HSA eligible plan and you're both age 55 or older you can each do an extra thousand but you, like you can't make each that extra thousand into the same HSA account mm-hmm. it's really tricky with HSAs in that yeah there is one individual listed it's not a joint account it's one individual listed but that one individual can contribute a family amount. But they can't contribute the catch-up contribution for their spouse.
2: So. Doesn't it drive you crazy when Congress gets so close to having it right, and then they throw <laughs> this little curveball in there? And it's like, why? Why? Why had that extra complexity? Yeah. Why can't we both just contribute to the same pot?
1: yep All right. Another one of the, and this one's the obvious one, but it's just, just intentionally take a moment and pause and think, reflect. The other, another tax strategy that you can do right now for 2023 is funding an IRA or a Roth IRA. And if you're not already doing that, I guess I would go through that same mental exercise. Well, it looks like I'm getting a small refund here. It looks like I'm getting $1,500 in refund. Do those dollars come to you as a refund and slip through your cracks? Or are they going towards a different, different purpose? Or do you repurpose those dollars back to retirement and fund an IRA or Roth for the previous year?
2: Yeah, exactly. To me, this is again another example of why you want to be crystal clear on what is it that you're trying to achieve in your financial life each and and every year. A goal that's so long term, such as retirement, you know, it it can always feel like it's out there over the horizon. But if you break that goal down into an annual target, I'm going to save X amount of dollars every single year, and I know that I'm taking the necessary steps. Someday I'm going to show up at the edge of retirement. I'm going to be ready. Yeah. Well, the, the way that you do that is by using the right tax shelters, the right tools. And that could be an IRA or it could be a Roth IRA. And some people make that decision, which one am I going to use? They do it at the last minute, like right now, after they've already prepared a, a rough draft of their tax return. Because it tells them what tax bracket they're going to be in. Yeah. It tells them whether or not using the traditional IRA is going to give them some sweet benefits this year versus... You know how it's worked in the, in the past? Or am I better off using a Roth? If you wait until the last minute for a decision like this, you can optimize really, really well.
1: And in addition, you might realize your income's too high to make a Roth IRA contribution. Yeah. And it might be, well, I'd, I've got the resources. I'd like to fund it, but I don't know fully if I can make that, that Roth contribution. I might need to do a backdoor Roth or non-deductible. We've talked about those sorts of things as well. That's not an exhaustive list, but those are things you can do for 2023. What about 2024 tax planning strategies? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode as well as a lot of other content is on the YouTube channel go check it out go to youtube search the wise money show subscribe to it there turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content like this talk show or additional videos that we drop all throughout the work week and then if you if you have questions comments you can leave them there as well so check out the wise money show on youtube all right we're talking about tax planning every time every every spring when you're doing your taxes you've got to answer three questions one when you get a draft done, but before you file it, you've got to take a look and say, does this make sense? Do I understand why I got the result that I got? And that can often lead to you saying, and this is a biggie right now, oh, I I actually have, an I opened a different bank account so I could get more interest. And I'm not seeing that 1099 on here. At, yep, okay, I need to go, I need to log in to Marcus or whatever and download that 10 and a nine and get that on here because it was never mailed to me. Um, it helps you double check to say, oh yeah, we, I switched jobs and I only have one W2 on here, not not the other, or um, or whatever. So do you understand why the return is, is uh, turning out the way that it is? Second is the question we just answered, and that is, is there anything I can do right now before I file this return to improve it? And then the final question we're gonna hit right now, and that is, all right, today at the early part of the year, is there anything I should be adjusting right now to improve my tax planning for 2024? So guys, let's turn our focus there. What are those things that you should consider to doing right now, while, while you've got 11 months left of the year to improve your tax picture?
0: Well, part of it is just having an awareness of what has changed for 2024. And there are a number of things that have changed. One is the limits that I can contribute to. So you want to, and if you're aging into an additional contribution, so if you, this is the year that you turn 50, even if you turn 50 in December of this year, you are able to uh, fully fund a, uh, your, if you're in a 401k, you can do the, um, the underlying contribution limit plus the catch-up amount. And so I would be aware of that, and I would set my, contribution limits to get there so that I'm not at the end of the year realizing that I could put an additional 7,500 in. And now I'm, because the underlying limit is 23,005.
1: 23,000 even. Yeah, 20, and then 7,500 the catch up. Yep. Yep. So
0: yeah. So I, all of a sudden, if I didn't realize that until the end of the year, I can only get money into my 401k via payroll deduction. I can't write a check from my checking account. So that's where I want to be planning as I go.
2: Yeah, and you might be listening and say, well, I'm not even old enough to do any of that catch-up contribution, or I don't have enough extra discretionary cash flow to completely max out a 401k this year. But you, you do know what you can afford, right? And you may have just received a pay raise coming into this year. You might be earning a little bit more than you had been before. What kind of upward pressure are you putting on yourself to keep on contributing more and more to that retirement plan? It's a decision that you should stop this time of year and say, you know what, can can I afford to do just a little bit more for this long-term long-term goal? And uh, I, I would encourage you if you, if you don't have a vision for that, maybe you're contributing eight percent to your 401k right now. Could you make it nine or ten this year? Mm-hmm. You know, can can you get used to that budget? And maybe halfway through the year, you revisit it again and you say, hey, can I go from ten to eleven percent? And that that upward pressure, especially um, as you're pushing yourself to do more than you really have to, just like you might if you were on a sports team or you're working out in the gym or whatever, how hard you push yourself or how hard your coach pushes you is going to have a, a lasting impact. It's a cumulative effect over time that can really help bring those goals into, into alignment. So that that's something that, yes, it has a tax impact, but... I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that you're doing it for a reason, right? You have a goal in mind, and and the tax saving sometimes is almost like the cherry on top. But the real win here is the fact that you're putting yourself on pace for those goals.
1: I completely agree. It just makes me think. I I help coach all the kids and little league and and now a couple of travel teams as well. And I was I'm sort of a junkie with. I'm trying to learn baseball. I didn't grow up. I grew up playing just about every sport, but baseball was my least favorite, actually. So um, and I saw research recently that talked about this is for baseball players. But when you're just doing, you know, weightlifting because, well, coach told me I need to do it or whatever, um, compared to when you actually have a goal in mind. Those that had a goal did 60% more challenge reps at the end and got some percentage stronger Mm. just because they said, all right, I'm doing 10 reps at this level. Mm. You actually get stronger. And let me just say it differently. And I told this kind of crudely to my son. Uh, That means doing it without a goal was almost a waste of time because (laughs) you're doing it to get stronger. And if you set the goal, then you're going to push towards that goal and actually get stronger versus if you don't have a goal you're really not getting stronger. And so I know that's a that's a loose connection here to what we're talking about. But Josh, I love it. We're talking about tax planning strategies, but really, we're really talking about your financial freedom, the life that you're called to live and and positioning your finances so that you're free to do that and not worried.
0: So, absolutely. I like that. Well, the other thing that a goal does is it gives you. Lots of folks are hesitant to set goals because it outlines parameters for failure and most people aren't into failing. It's not really something they would like to do or look forward to do. So it is it's challenging, but I would not only have a goal but have some sort of a theme like what am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to improve my balance sheet? Am I trying to reduce debt? Am I trying to Increase my savings. Am I trying to get increased free cash flow? Like what? What is it that I'm actually trying to do? And what would be the? And then really the reason why you'd want to work with a professional is you'd want to say what would be the most beneficial, because I've we've worked with lots of folks that have worked very hard and done some pretty amazing stuff, but looking back, if they had tweaked it just a little bit what they could have accomplished over a long period of time would have been dramatically different.
1: Well, that's a good tie-in. I think at the beginning of the year, if you're age 70 and a half or older or have folks that are work with them on this, this is the right time to put in place qualified charitable distributions. Oftentimes, you might be hearing this at the end of the year when you're about to make some year-end giving, but you've gone 11 months or 10 months, the whole year, where you've been making contributions right out of your pocket, and then you realize, oh, I could have done that directly out of my IRA and gotten some tax benefit for this and everything else would have been the same, just tax picture would have been improved. Okay, I'll do that for next year. Well, now is next year, mm-hmm. now is next year, and, and it's a change of habit, but there's a huge tax benefit for doing so. So qualified charitable distributions, we've, we've talked about these before, make sure that um, you know, you've gotta be over age seven and a half, or, um, so work with your CFP on those
2: yeah, you know, there's a bunch of strategies, especially that group that you're referring to, those that are in retirement, um, that you can start stacking tax strategies together, combining them to to get even better results. And the qualified charitable distribution is one of them. if If you're willing to be to take an even more efficient way of giving money to those charities that you care about supporting, then you can actually reduce the amount of income that's even landing on your tax return. By having the contributions leave your IRA and go straight to the charity, instead of you drawing off of your IRA, building up some cash, and then making the contribution by writing a check, it all gets to the charity the same the same way. It's just the path that it takes to get there can be more efficient if you use the qualified charitable distribution. And when you do, when you have less income landing on your tax return, from the IRA. It might be opening up some space in the current tax bracket that you're in to make room for things like Roth conversions, where you could get even more money out of the IRA. And this time you're not sending it to your bank account. You're not sending it to the charity. You're sending it to a Roth IRA where it can continue to camp out and grow for the future, except now it's not growing tax deferred. It's growing tax free. Very powerful. And so the combination of strategies, looking at your tax planning and your retirement planning together, this is the reason why you need a certified financial planner in your life, right? To combine strategies, because it's all your financial life. How do we just get the most efficient one possible where you're living the life that you were meant to live? And don't overlook
0: the possibility of a 529A account because you can get a $500 credit and there's not much time to talk about it. Kevin's been wanting to talk about that <laughs> all, this Honorable entire mention. show. So work with your
1: CFP on that. I'm sure we'll hit it on an upcoming show as well. So, All right, so work with your CFP. Capture that time before you file your return to improve your tax situation. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. And so. I didn't say, Hey, you're doing this bad thing. I said, Hey, my buddy has some <laughs> sensory issues.
0: Some. No. Meesh. I don't have some sensory issues. I am a you walking, have all of them. walking, You have all of them. Sensory issue. <laughs> uh, no, I just am a sensory issue.